And when, when we're talking about clues to discover our assignment in the kingdom of God, I don't think there's anyone better really than Jeremiah to start with. The name Jeremiah, in the, actually we get the name Jeremiah from the Greek language. And uh, in the Hebrew language, it's Yeremiah. And Yeremiah really references to this meaning. It references to establishment, appoints, or sins. To establish, to appoint, or to send. And Jeremiah was just born in a unique time. And he was born in a time when Israel was not on its upscale by, the main, by, by any means. It was really down in a ditch. It was getting ready to be taken over by Babylon, by the northern kingdoms. And then, Nor- and then Jeremiah is born and he discovers his assignment. And his assignment is to be right in the middle of this mess and to be the prophet to give everyone the bad news of what's getting ready to come. But he also gave them God's plan and God's will of how they could break it out of their life. You see, it's not so important what season we're in, whether we're born in a good economy or a bad economy or a good time or a bad time or whatever. It's important that we're born on God's time and we're born and we understand that God has a plan for us. Because when you want to understand your assignment, your destiny, your purpose, the plan that God has for you, you got to realize that you discover that. You don't develop it. You don't create it. It's about seeking Him. It's about seeking His face. It's about seeking His plan. And it's like an onion. It's just layer by layer by layer. And I think so many times we think that we'll get so spiritual that we really don't need God anymore. Oh, you, you know, we won't confess that with our lips, but we live that way. And I discovered that in the last eight weeks as I kicked off the series Saved and called because we see that a lot of Christians live a saved life but not a called life. And I believe the reason that we don't live a called life is because that for whatever reason we haven't uh, felt that maybe we're valued enough by God or that God thought about us enough or God had a big enough plan for us or we've gotten distracted with other things in life and we've gotten busy and we've missed or we've not tapped into the assignment that God has you here. Remember, you're not called here for a purpose. You're called here on purpose. God didn't put you on this earth for some purpose. He put you here on purpose. And his purpose is his assignment. And he created you, genetically designed you, spiritually equipped you, not for what you want to do, but for the assignment that he made you for, that he created you for. That's why in Romans 12, 2, be ye not conformed to this world, be, be ye transformed by what? The renewing of your mind, to get your mind in alignment with, by the renewing of your mind to prove what is God's good and acceptable and perfect will. God doesn't have a one out of three or a two out of three will for you. God has a good and an acceptable and a perfect will. And your assignment is not just based on what you've been created by God genetically, the genetic code to your life, and the gifts and the talents that he has in your life, but his assignment also has to do with location. God has you, a, he created you for a divine assignment in a divine location for divine seasons. I mean, you think about it, the, the guy that came and ministered uh, to Saul, whenever Saul had gotten knocked off his donkey and he met Jesus, remember, and he went blind, 
and uh, he had met Jesus, and he had went blind. He'd given his life to the Lord. He had to be led off somewhere and kind of live blind with someone. And he had all this political power, financial power, you know, whatever he wanted to do, the Romans were going to put their men toward it. And if they didn't have the Romans to do it, the Jewish leadership would do it. They were, he was persecuting Christians, putting them in jail, having them executed, just like Stephen, he had him stoned. I mean, he was a vicious, vicious person. His name was Saul before he was Paul, right? And then there was a, the Bible says in Acts that there was a certain man named Ananias, a certain man. And this certain man named Ananias, the Lord came to him and said, I want you to go pray for this certain guy named Saul. And when you pray for him and lay hands on him, the scales will drop from his eyes and he'll be filled with my spirit. And Ananias like, you sure, God? You, you, are you sure? Because this man could have me put in prison. He could have me imprisoned. He could have me killed. He could have me stoned. He could have me excommunicated. He could definitely give me a bad day. And so, and so God's like, but he said, but nevertheless, Lord, if that's what you want me to do, I'll go risk it all for you, right? How could Ananias do that if he didn't know God's voice? You see, we have people all the time talking about, well, you know, I want to hear God's voice. I'm going to take a class to learn how to hear God's voice. Well, I don't have to take a class to learn how to hear Stephanie's voice. I know her voice because I know her. You see, and one of the big things we miss in our assignment with God, and one of the big things we miss our relation is our, through our relationship with God, how to know his voice so that we can hear his voice so we can understand and obey his voice because your assignment is attached to his voice right well let's look in Jeremiah here let's begin in Jeremiah 1 we'll start in verse 4 we'll start in verse 4 and Jeremiah said this he said then the word of the Lord came to me saying before I formed you in the womb I knew you isn't that interesting? Isn't that what we've been talking about the last eight weeks? Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. This is the word of the Lord. This is God speaking to Jeremiah. And he said, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. The word sanctified, Hagios, set apart from a natural or an evil use to a godly or a holy use. And I ordained you a prophet to the nations. So whatever he ordained you for, it doesn't matter. It's, that's what you're to do. Whether you're a prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, whether you're a, a, an attorney, a Christian attorney, a businesswoman, a businessman, a, it doesn't matter. A teacher, a janitor, a custodian, a factory employee, it doesn't really matter because wherever your assignment to work is, he's going to give you a ministry opportunity. And he's bringing certain people into certain locations where you're at so you can speak what God wants to speak to them. doesn't mean you have to have a word in season for them because the greatest sermon you will preach to them is your life, your integrity, your word, your character. And then on top of that, God will give you other things to say when you've earned a little respect in their sight and they're open to receive. But what you got to realize, there are certain people on this planet assigned to your destiny, and you may be the only one that can ever reach them. And a lot of times we're offending our own assignment. Oh, yeah. What do you mean I'm offending my own assignment? We're offending some of those people that rub us wrong that really God assigned to our life to win to the kingdom. 
You got to be careful. Don't offend your assignment. Well, how am I not going to offend my assignment? Well, you're not going to offend your assignment. You still might thank God for grace and repentance. But even if you do offend your assignment, what do you do? You repent of it, right? And you ask for forgiveness, even if you have to do it and repent to someone else. But it all comes back to hearing the voice of God and trusting and knowing that he knew you before you were born, that he set you apart, that he has an assignment on your life. So the next week or two, I want to talk to you about finding your assignment and giving you some clues, as simple as they are, as simple as they may be, of how to know your assignment. Now, one of the things about our assignment is interesting. We're good at talking about other people's assignments. We're good at talking about their calling and they're gifted to do that. Why don't they do that? Or I wish I could do that like they do. They're so good at that. They're so good at singing or speaking or leading people. Or they're so good at being, you know, a, a Christian entrepreneur. They're so good at serving and, 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 and they're so good in their marriage or they're so good with their kids. And we look at these assignments on their life and we're really, you know, okay talking about the good, how good someone else is in their assignment. And, uh, but what we got to realize is, it's okay to talk about the goodness of other people's assignments, but you've got to begin to discover and recognize your own assignment. You've got to begin to talk good about your assignment. You've got to begin to talk good about your destiny. You've got to begin to talk good about God's plan for your life, God's plan for your career, God's plan for your influence, God's plan for your family and your children and your children's children. You see, we can talk about other people's assignments all day, but we don't really see ourselves in our assignment. And a lot of people will call that humility, or I don't want to be too proud. Well, it may be fear. It may be a lack of concern. It may be I'm busy with other things, other assignments, rather than taking the time to know exactly what my assignment is from above. God said, you are treasured, you are valued. He said, I knew you before you were formed. I called you, I ordained you. He said, uh, then the word of the Lord what, come to me saying, see, what I want you to get this. Now, here's what I want to get. He said, up there, when the word of the Lord came to me saying, I want you to realize that the mouth of God is very important to you. When the word comes from God who created man, who created uh, audible sounds, who created your voice box, your vocal cords, who out of his mouth spoke and there was nothing but out of his heart and mind when he spoke out of his spirit through his own vocal cords, it didn't say he waved, it didn't say no, it said he spoke and it was. So there's an importance concerning your assignment not only attached to God's mouth, but attached to your mouth. You see, we're a lot of times we can be taught. You see, see, it's important. Two, there's two kinds of communication. How you communicate to others and how you communicate to yourself. And your mouth is very important to your assignment because it's good to be communicating positively to and about others and their assignments and their life. 
But it's detrimental if you're telling yourself how dumb you are and how stupid you are and how you're not equipped and how you can never be good enough and how you're full of fear and how you're full of anxiety and how you're full. No, 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 no. See, there's two kinds of communication. and Or some people, they are real good talking about themselves. You're so sweet and you're so perfect. The rest of the world's messed up and you live around all these old crazy people. If they just understood you, it'd be a better world. No, 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 no. you got to get both kinds of communication right. If you don't get both kinds of communication, how you communicate to others and how do you communicate to yourself, you'll be a miserable person. And you'll probably make everyone around you miserable. So it's important to understand a key clue to your assignment is how you communicate through communicating to others and by communicating to yourself. Now, when we think about God's mouth and about God communicating, what I want you to realize is God wasn't just communicating to Jeremiah, but he's continually communicating. God is continually speaking. God is continually calling out. But the key is, can we hear his voice? Can we position ourselves? Can we humble ourselves to hear God's voice? Because if I do not hear God's voice, if I fail to hear God's voice, how will I know my dream? I'll never be able to live the dream that God put me on this planet to fulfill if I never hear His voice. And without God's dream, we're somewhat useless in a sense. Without God's dream, we're just not going to be effective. Without God's dream and God's plan and God's assignment over our lives, we're just kind of fluttering through this world. But if we will open our heart no matter where we're at and what stage of life and repent from wherever we've been and whatever we've done and say, here I am, Lord, send me, God will send you into your same job, into your same workforce, as a different person, as a person that's got a different uh, anointing and a different wisdom about him, a different charisma about him. He'll do whatever he has to do if we will humble ourselves and seek his mouth, seek his voice, seek his words. Because what God says is what really matters. See, if we truly know God, and if we're born again, we know God, and the Holy Spirit lives in us, then we know His voice. But we don't want to always listen to that voice because sometimes His voice tells us things we don't want to hear. <laughs> Look at me in verse 5 again. It says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you, in your mother's womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctify you. Before your mama saw you, before you even knew you existed, he said, I had a plan for you and an assignment on your life. Before anyone saw you, anyone knew you, even before you understood you were a human being living in this earth, God knew you, formed you, sanctified you, and has assignments on your life. And not only did he give you an assignment and create you with an assignment, he sanctified you. He equipped you. He set you apart. 
And until we hear his voice, so we listen to his mouth and begin to understand his word and choose to set ourselves aside to hear his direction, to hear his word, we'll never fulfill our purpose. You see, he didn't just save you to preserve you, but you're born again because you have an assignment on your life. You are a walking reward for someone. You are someone's reward. You are someone's answer. You are someone's deliverer. You are someone's encouragement. You are someone's freedom. But you got to value yourself and value what God says and value the assignment that he placed on you before time began. You see, God designed you in the designing room of heaven. He has a designing room. He designed you in the designing room of heaven. He is the ultimate designer. He is the same yesterday, today, forever. He is omniscient, all-knowing, omnipotent, all-powerful, right? He is omnipresent everywhere all the time. And if he designs someone, he knows exactly how to design them because he made all people and all things. And he's in all time, yesterday, today, and forever. So I think daddy knows best. I know sometimes we feel like we can help him along, but father knows best. You did not make yourself, so how can you make your assignment? You did not make yourself, so how could you create your future without God? The word divine theos means Godhead. The theos, the Godhead, formed you. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit created you and formed you for such a time as this. And they designed you for something probably way more than you think you are, that you could be, or that you even should be. And that's why it's important to understand that you have an assignment on your life, and it's important to understand that you don't decide it, you just discover it. You're not here to determine what your assignment is. You're yes, sir, and go to your assignment to fulfill God's mission on your life. Now, continuing on down in verse 6, Jeremiah says this is a, Oh, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a youth. But the Lord said to me, this is what he said to Jeremiah, Do not say, I am a youth. What, what are you saying to yourself? I'm sick, I'm tired, I feel bad, I'm dumb, I'm stupid. Well, the power of life and death is in the tongue. You're a, the Bible said that God hewn you out of the dust of the earth in, Gen, in Genesis 2-7. You became a speaking and talking soul, a speaking and talking spirit. And so you're, you're, you're made in the image and likeness of God when you're born again. So you have the authority to speak life and death, blessing and cursing. And if you're telling yourself you're too young or you're too old or you're, you're not smart enough or you're not good enough, then you won't be. Until you come into agreement with what he assigned you to and understand it's not about what you think, it's about what you do with what he thinks about you. Mm -hmm. 
So you, he said, for you shall go to all to whom I send you. See, that's the best way to live a successful life is just do what God said do and go where God said go. And whatever I command you, you shall speak. Not about speaking your mind, it's about speaking his mind. And you can't speak his mind if you don't know what it is. And if you don't read the word and listen to the word, you don't know what his mind is. Do not be afraid of their faces. For I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Listen, a true assignment from God will showcase your inferiorities. It will showcase your weaknesses. It'll showcase your lack. It'll showcase your shortcomings and negative overtures. Why? Because God's never going to give you an assignment that you can do without Him. He wants you and I to totally depend on Him. So the very fact you're making all these excuses is really just proof of the assignment. Is anyone hearing me this morning? That's just proof of the assignment on your life. It's whenever you realize that no matter how inferior you think you are or how limited you are, those limitations, those, those inferiority complexes, you know, it feels bigger than me. Good. Then that means it could be God's assignment for your life. If it's smaller than you, easy for you, and you can just do it without thinking, that's not even the base of what God has for you. See, Jeremiah was intimidated. And he didn't feel up to his assignment. And God said, what? Do not look at their faces. I know whenever I began to preach as a young man, and, and you know, it's, it's easy when you're in your assignment sometimes to feel inferior. It's easy even now sometimes it can be something to do with business or the business of the church or preaching the gospel or teaching or leading people or staff meeting. You, you can feel a little weak or a little inferior about a subject or a topic or something, and you shouldn't. But, but you got to remember, you can't fear people's faces. You know, you know why you can't fear people's faces? Because they're just faces. Oh, you didn't hear that. That set you free. The reason you should never fear people's faces is because they're just faces. You, you could think somebody's not receiving your leadership at work, and it's really not that. They may have just had a fight with their spouse and concerned that they won't be there when they get home, and you're sitting here thinking they don't like your leadership. Whatever your assignment is, your assignment with your family, your assignment with your career, your assignment with your ministry, just remember, don't be frightened by people's faces. They are only faces. I've found sometimes I look at people's faces and think they don't even like me and find out they love me. But it's just the look that they give you is not, they're not even thinking about the look, they're thinking about something you said or something they, that's positive, not something that's negative. I learned four things too about preaching and this is just if you're a preacher or a minister, here, here's four things you need to know. Number one, study yourself full. If you want to preach the gospel, teach, lead people, study yourself full. Number two, pray yourself ready. Pray yourself ready, man. Pray yourself hot. Because, you know, you need the prayer of God, communion, conversing with, asking and receiving from God to speak. The third one is think yourself through. 
think it through, what it is that you're going to say, what it is that God wants you to speak, and how you can bring things from your life and your experiences and from the Scripture. But finally it is, the fourth one is set yourself free. And I think no matter where we're preaching the gospel, whether we're leading a line at Toyota, whether we're an attorney in a trial case, whatever we are, a business entrepreneur, whatever we are, the main thing is that we got to realize is you got to set yourself free. You got to set yourself free to do the assignment that God has on your line. Look at me here in verse 9. Verse 9. It says, The Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth, Jeremiah said. And the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. Listen, God touched his mouth. He's not going to leave you alone. He's not going to leave you without what you need to be equipped by. He's not going to leave you without his wisdom and his word, if you will seek him. Hmm. He's going to touch your mouth because he needs to use your mouth. Whether it's preaching or teaching the gospel, or whether it's leadership, whether it's serving others, witnessing for him, he needs your mouth. He needs you to speak positively to yourself and positively to others. You see, you got a choice. I can speak blessings or I can speak cursings. And your future is not going to really be that good until God touches your words, until God touches your mouth. And he said, Jeremiah, I'll touch your mouth. But you know what? Jeremiah had to first hear what was coming out of God's mouth. When Jeremiah began to hear what came out of God's mouth, it made what came out of Jeremiah's mouth full of wisdom and full of power and full of authority. But whatever your assignment is, you got to prepare. Whether your assignment is to be in education, to be in ministry, whatever it is, you're always part of ministry, the Great Commission, right? So it's all about the Great Commission. We're all here for one. All the churches have their cute little mission statements. Here's the bottom line. It is the, the commission that Jesus gave us. That's what the Great Commission is, right? It's basically to win Win the nations and then to make them your disciples, to make them his disciples. I mean, it's real easy. Win the lost and turn them into disciples. He said in Mark, heal the sick, cast out devils, all that's good. But all that is about what? Bringing people to Christ and making them disciples. That's what it's about. So whether we're in a, whatever we are, whatever field or practice we're in, we have an assignment first and foremost to be sons and daughters of God and influence people into the kingdom of God. And that has to do with preparation because your preparation will determine your performance level. If you're not prepared, you won't perform well. If you don't prepare, you won't perform at all. Preparation or preparing yourself for your assignment is one of the most critical things you and I can ever do. Let me wrap up here in the next, just next five minutes with, with three quick clues. Three more quick clues to discover your assignment, to live it. Clue number one, you got to know what you love. What do you love? Because that can be a clue to your assignment. What do you love? 
when you find out truly what you love and you begin to build your life around it, things happen in your favor. Because sameness, when something you want to be just like everybody else and fit in, sameness creates comfort. But difference creates reward. Sameness creates comfort, but difference creates rewards. God didn't call you to be like everyone else. God didn't call you to be bar hopping like every other college student. God didn't call you to be single like every other single person. God didn't call your marriage to be like everybody's marriage in your neighborhood. God didn't call you to raise your kids like everybody else raises their kids. God called you to be unique and to do what he tells you to do through his word and to fulfill his assignment not just through you, but through your generations that you are responsible for. So stop trying to be like everyone else. you got to discover your distinction, what makes you distinct, and identify the difference. Don't hide your differences. Celebrate your differences when they come out of the mouth of God, when they're in line with His plan. You know, just imagine if everybody got paid $10 an hour in here. You see, if you want to find your assignment, find what you love. Whether it's having a PhD at Harvard and teaching at Harvard, or whether it's running an assembly line at Toyota, or whether it's being, like I'd said earlier, a trial attorney, or a co-operator, a business entrepreneur, a restaurant entrepreneur. It doesn't matter how hard or how difficult the job is, a farmer, whatever it is, a minister, whatever it is, would you still do it at $10 an hour? Because if you're only doing it for the money, you probably won't be that successful anyway. If you're only doing it for the money, that's probably why you're so miserable. I didn't say that you're not tired sometimes and things aren't difficult sometimes or any of that. I'm just saying... If you're doing it for the money, 99.99% of the time, you won't be that successful at it. But that doesn't mean you can't make a lot of money and be a kingdom-minded person and bless the kingdom. What I'm saying is people who make a lot of money, they're not really doing it for the money. It's the money comes out of something they are passionate about doing. And some people are multi-billionaires, and you're like, why do they still work harder than anyone else? Because they are passionate about what they're doing doing. So until you love what you're doing, you're probably not in your assignment. Say, yeah, I hate what I'm doing. I hate school. I hate this. Well, here's the thing. You got to look at the big picture. Is this preparing you for your assignment? Because if you hate preparation, you won't succeed either. So you either are or you're becoming. You either are or you're becoming your entire life. That's what it's all about, being here on this planet. The second clue is what angers you, what makes you mad, what ticks you off, what makes your blood boil. You you cannot correct what you're unwilling to confront. You can also, a clue to your assignment is when you hate something, when it just drives you crazy, some injustice or something that you can't stand, that could be a clue to your assignment. You still got to do it under the will of God and not offend those that you're called to win. Steph said don't do that anymore, but I like doing that. Gets your attention. Just remember this. Anything you permit in your life will increase. 
Anything you permit in your life will increase. What you watch, what you listen to, who you hang around, whatever you permit in your life, good or bad, will increase. If you don't like what's going on in your life, stop permitting some things you're permitting. If you like the things that's going on in your life, permit more of it. Amen? Whatever you permit in your life, surely it will increase. Let me give you clue number three. Clue number three is what grieves you? What makes you cry? What makes you sad? What breaks your heart? I know one of the illustrations I come to is Nehemiah chapter 1 verse 4. When Nehemiah, when he had been serving uh, King Cyrus and all that, and he got freedom to come and help rebuild the wall at Jerusalem. And, and, and whenever he saw the wall and the disintegration and how people were being treated, it said he just looked at the wall and he wept and he cried. When he heard about the people, how they were being treated before he even got there to build the wall, he wept. And he cried. Listen, Nehemiah had never built a wall. He wasn't a masonry. He didn't know how to be a mason. He, he, he wasn't a construction guy. But all he knew was to get God's assignment done, i got to figure out some way to rally these people. It's been sitting here for over 50 years since they've been back out of Babylon into freedom and built their own sealed houses, but they haven't built God's wall. So he said, i got to get these people to build this wall so they can have protection and so they can have a, a government and, and set a theocracy for God up. And he said, so they got to get this wall up to, so they can have farms and people don't come in and burn their farmlands and so on. He said, they got to get this. He wasn't a construction guy, but he was a guy with an assignment. Listen, Moses prepared 40 years to learn how to be important, right, as Pharaoh's adopted nephew. Then he went off into the desert 40 years to learn how to be unimportant, insignificant. And then when he was 80 years old, he learned how to be significant without acting like he was unimportant. Jesus prepared 30 years for three and a half years of ministry. 30 years of watching people being a carpenter for his daddy, serving people in his community. 30 years evaluating, watching, and praying for the people he was going to minister to and change forever. And you want to do yours next week? You're upset because you, your gift hadn't made room for you yet? i got to ask you, do you even know what your assignment is? i got to ask you, do you even know what you love and what you hate? i got to ask you, are you preparing? Are you, what stage of preparation are you in? No one knows that but you. i got to ask you, how are you communicating to yourself and how are you communicating to others? There might be a reason you're depressed, probably multiple reasons. And I bet the number one reason is how you communicate to yourself and how you communicate to others. And if all you're doing is a bro communicating a broken record mentality, that just means that you're, you're not listening to the mouth of God. You're not listening to it. You know, you don't even have to, I don't like reading. Well, man, just pull up your iPhone. Listen, you can get, or, or, or whatever phone you have, any data phone, any data resource, your computer, whatever, you can get the Bible free. Audible. Listen to any version you want. And just get the word in you. Get the word. Get the mouth of God in you so you can speak his words and so you can fulfill his assignment. Amen? Amen.